welcome to UCYP, where we have uphill conversations with young professionals. Real conversations with bright, forward-thinking YPs. You know, every generation is different than those who've come before. And rather than generalities, we want to hear unique, individual perspectives of the generation that's currently on the rise. We want to elevate the voices, talent, and contributions of YPs in order to build a bridge to connect the past, present, and future generations, helping them to be heard, to be understood, and ultimately, to see them lead. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of UCYP. Hopefully, you are enjoying your 2018 and rocking and rolling. So I'm here with um, my SML friend, <laughs> Megan. Yo, hey. yo. What's up? <laughs> Not much. What's up, superstar? Not much. I, um, yeah. It, I, 2018, I feel like it's already flying by. It's already moving too quickly. It's already me. March. <laughs> it feels like it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other days, like, can you do something in April? I'm like, I don't think so. I think I'm booked. Yeah, I'm booked. I'm already booked. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Well, I was, um, well, I had this thing because we have a signature little event coming up where I'm going to, uh, I get a chance to speak and we were talking about that and, mm-hmm. and you and I need to be in the room and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, and it's, and I was like, it's in October. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, that's like tomorrow. <laughs> I know it is. It's, it like the time flies, man. So we've had some crazy weather here in Greenville. And so yeah. I know that um, a lot of our listeners are from G Vegas. We have some out in Colorado. So they'll, they'll probably laugh at this and our friends up in Michigan. Um, we got two inches oh boy of snow shut everything down schools have been closed for two days and they're probably gonna be closed tomorrow tomorrow (laughs) yeah well it's because our county is so big i know so and where we are in the upstate so those of you we would encourage you to pull it pull it up on a map if you so if you're in some other place like what two inches you know so like my connecticut friends they would know like huh two inches they're like you're gonna be in school all day (laughs) you know what i mean like but we're on the mount. We're in this weird in the upstate. It's like you have the mountains, and then we're like this in a little valley area. Mm-hmm. And the mountains block most of what we get. Yeah. And what's weird is most of our snow comes up from the south. Whenever we get real snow, it'll come up from Atlanta, which is south mm-hmm. of us. So it's kind of strange the way it works. But no, this came over the mountains. Yeah. And so yeah, we got that. And because the county's so big, they have to shut down cool. everything because. Yeah. Of the p- people that are closer to the mountains in the county. Yeah. So there's already like black ice warnings and things like that. But it does make sense. Like I was talking to my mom and dad um, during the first snow day morning. And, you know, they, of course, showed me their backyard up in Michigan and it's full. But, I mean, I grew up in this tiny, tiny little town, 5,000 people. There's probably more snow plows and salt trucks there than in all of Greenville. So... That's well, just kind of how it is. I want a foot of snow here. <laughs> yeah. You would, and see yeah. you, and then you'd be mad at me because I know you would probably drive through that foot of snow to my house, knock on the door, I open the door, and you'd probably hit me in the mouth <laughs> because of that. That would like <laughs> shut down. I mean, literally, if two inches this is like three would, days, yeah. nothing would happen for a month. Um, but I'd be so happy. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Um, 
<clears throat> so we have a really great guest for you guys today, uh, Tyler Harris. I think I asked him his age. I think he's 32. Um, but he is just a really incredible guy. Something totally unexpected happened when he came into the studio. Um, he brought another guy with him who had, I think, four or five cameras because uh, he's currently doing a vlog, a 24-7 kind of video blog of his life. And uh, so we got to have him and TJ in the studio. Um, but he had some awesome things to say yeah and those guys were just they were so cool there was a lot of um just obviously the interaction but even tyler and and then tj the dude that was with him they both just you could just tell they're like two peas in a pod mm -hmm. and what was funny was they had those matching shirts <laughs> that was really that they, funny <laughs> they're yeah. like howdy do shirts yeah so hey make sure you put in the show notes where they can go see that oh yeah i absolutely will yeah yep. that video because i want them to see the two of these <laughs> the guys and they look nothing alike yeah. and which is kind of cool so um but yeah what i um what i really enjoyed was just the um <laughs> just the humility um the desire to just be real and real and just open and which is what we like anyways and it made for a very easy and fun conversation as well as very informative mm -hmm. And I think what he really talked about was making changes can really be hard, especially when you are um, there's a certain expectation that you have for your life and the direction that it should go. But he really says, man, I'm so glad I'm doing it now. And I didn't just stay in this because he had a pretty uh, difficult couple of years that that he goes and, and shares that with us. So I really encourage you um, if you're a young professional, you know, you're feeling stuck, you're feeling um, like something hasn't gone your way. Take a listen to this episode. I think you're really going to find some great stuff that he shares with us. So how can people get in touch with us? So you can, of course, find us on Facebook, Uphill Conversations. You can also visit our Facebook group, UCYP, uh, where we just like to hear from you guys and also share some stuff particular um, and specific to young professionals. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the UCYP. And of course, you can always find us on our website, ucyp.co. And we're going to be doing some giveaways we on are. some books. Yep. So if you're a reader, and now these are like printed, you know, mm -hmm. I like both. So I'm like a print. Sometimes I want something like, well, I'm actually a trifecta. <laughs> the wrong kind of trifecta, I guess. <laughs> but I like it in print. I like it digital. And I listen audio. Mm -hmm. But this is just print books. So we've gotten some of the authors of, of guests that we've had on the show mm -hmm. that have great books that we're going to be doing stuff. So keep your eye out for that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, hey, without any further delay, let's jump in this episode with Mr. Tyler Harris. So welcome to another episode of UCYP. We're here with Tyler, and TJ's floating around here, and we may get him to talk. So uh, I'm sure this will get all linked up, and absolutely. we'll be able to see it on the interwebs. Uh, but hey, Tyler, uh, talk to us about a little bit about you and how you're showing up in the world. Number one, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I know we had some rescheduling, some snow, some everything that could possibly happen. But or we uh, could just blame Megan. <laughs> That's fine. Or I'll, I'll take the blame. I'll take the blame. <laughs> but no, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, my name is Tyler Harris. I live in here in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, right now, my main focus is just trying to 
put value out there into the world through social media and provide impact because of the things that have happened to me over the last few years. Uh, some mentors that came in my life when I was in a really, really bad place um, and kind of breathed life back into me and took me from uh, you know, a, a terrible situation financially, emotionally, personally, every, every aspect and changed the course of the rest of my life over the next three years. And, and I feel this sense of like having to pay it forward now. Um, and so that's what I'm doing on social media. I've got a life insurance company. That's the main career. Um, so that's what funds everything else, um, which is super important, uh, to me. And I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. So selling life insurance, the average life insurance agent sells like 120 life insurance policies a year that does it full time, like for a career. Um, and we've just created this system to where it enables us to do a lot of volume. So I've sold over 6,000 life insurance policies in the last three years. Um, and that's one-on-one face-to-face in person, um, which is extremely hard. Uh, but my whole thing is I'm just an ordinary guy that's trying to do extraordinary things just by doing the extra. And it's just work, like, at the end of the day. I love that. Can I, I just got to say this. I, I love this. I literally had a coaching appointment this morning with one of our clients, Megan and I. Had, we do a lot of coaching and team development for companies. And I literally said, wouldn't it be really cool if you could ask people, what's the extra on the ordinary? That's- and, and, and because it's like most people would say, well, ordinarily, right? <laughs> ordinarily, this is what we do. What if you said extraordinarily, this is what we do? And it's kind of like if I handed you flour, right? And Megan had some flour and I said, hey, here's the recipe, make this cake. So here's all the ingredients. So you do it. What would you have? You would have something left over. Mm-hmm. The question is, what do you do with that? Exactly. Because that's where things move. Most people only bake the cake and they throw away the very best parts to explore new options. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a small, teeny, tiny little cookie. And I love what you said. Extraordinary. Extraordinarily. <laughs> I have to throw that out there to you. Dude, I mean, I literally had this conversation. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Yeah. And, and I'm, these things have, like, I've been very aware of lately of just how the universe conspires in weird ways. Like, I, I was just having this conversation with myself in the Starbucks bathroom before I came here. I was, because I've been doing a bunch of podcasts and doing a bunch of things lately. And they always ask, like, who are you? I was like, I need to come up with like a cool phrase. And like, literally, that's what I came up with like five minutes ago in the Starbucks bathroom. I was like, I'm just an ordinary guy trying to do extraordinary things by putting in the extra work. Um, But I talk about extraordinary, that word all the time, because when you break it down, it's just ordinary. And that's just simple. It's the regular. It's the things that anybody can do. But the magic in that word is the extra part, which just means you're doing more of the regular, ordinary stuff than everybody else or that you've ever done before or than your competition or whatever. So that's like the ultimate encouragement to me because anyone that's listening to this, like we're not saying like, Hey, go out and do something incredible that no one else in the world can do. But you like, no, just go do the ordinary things that you know you're supposed to do, but just do more of it than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's super encouraging to me because there's nothing special (laughs) about me. I just do a lot of stuff. (laughs) Well, I, so I kind of love where this whole conversation is going because I think that, um, a lot of our listeners, you know, you said, you, you said you had some, a lot of things that happened to you over the past five years Mm -hmm. and you went from kind of a really difficult place to a place now where you're really trying to inspire other people and Mm -hmm. put back into the world what, um, I think you feel you're receiving and trying to help other people. And 
I think a lot of our listeners, they want to be inspired. You know, mm-hmm. they want to maybe do something or make a change. And maybe they're feeling like they're in a rough spot. I mean, we're in the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think that the holidays are great. They can also be a difficult time for people. And then there's so much pressure when it starts the new year. You know, what are Absolutely. you going to do differently? What are you going to change? How are you going to make an impact? So, I'd love it if you could maybe, if you're comfortable, dig mm-hmm. a little bit deeper into, you know, what is that story that you had sure. and, you know, what are some of those obstacles that you overcame? Can you share a little yeah. bit of that journey with us? I'd be happy to. So I, growing up, I had a great upbringing, great family life, um, nothing really out of the, you know, your American dream type white picket fence story, um, went off to college and everything's great and did well in school, that kind of stuff. Graduated from Clemson University, got married the next month, started my first real career the month after that. And everything was going great. Like I was excelling. I was doing awesome. Um, And I, I can remember thinking back to that, having conversations with my dad about like how you know, all these successful people you see, like they've all got a painful story. Like they've all got obstacles. They got, and I was like, everything just seems to be going along really well. Like I got almost to where I was like fearful, like something like this can't happen. This can't mm-hmm. last forever. Like mm-hmm. something at some point is going to happen. Um, and then really out of nowhere, I'd, I was terminated from that job that I had, which I was doing exceptionally well in it. And it was a situation that happened that was outside of my control, but because of the circumstances, I was in the financial securities industry, because of the circumstances, I was terminated like on the spot on a random like Wednesday on a 15 minute phone call. Um, And that really started that journey downward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Then went through a really painful uh, divorce after that. And for the first time in my life, I found myself alone. So like my family had all moved to other states by this time. Um, my ex-wife's family was in town. So when the separation all happened, she went with them. And I was just at our house alone. And it was the very first time I'd ever been alone. Like I, you know, in a great family, then went to college. I lived with like 10 other people all through college. And the second I graduated, you know, got married and so lived with her. And I'd just never been alone before. Um, and it was the biggest growth period of time for me because I was able to actually like figure out who I really was because there was no more distractions. There's no more noise just always surrounding me. Um, and finally it took this realization I had, I was playing, I was playing this, um, I was playing the victim for like the next two, three years. I got terminated from this job. I was making great money you know, all this happened to me, happened to me, happened to me. And then this divorce and what happened surrounding the divorce, like, why did that happen? It happened to me, like just playing the victim and feeling sorry for myself, quite frankly, and just not doing anything productive or positive. And finally, one day I just kind of looked in the mirror and I was like, everything that has happened to me or that I've done, I, I'm exactly where I am right now. And it's all my fault. Like that was the realization that changed everything. I was like, it was all me. It's like, mm-hmm. I, there's no one else to blame, but me, like the situation with the marriage, like would things have happened if I was the best husband and created the best environment and, and all that maybe, but probably not. Mm-hmm. And so taking ownership of that. And then with the job, like if I'd have been extremely detailed and what I, what, what all was going on in the situation that I was in, would it have happened maybe, but probably not. Um, 
And the encouragement coming out of that was that if I got myself into that situation to where I was, then only I could get myself out of it. And from there on, I call it waging war. I just kind of waged war on personal change and just started really diving into self-development and self-awareness, this journey through self-awareness for me, just really figuring out who I actually am, not who the guy that I've pretended to be and who the guy that I wanted to be or who the guy that I acted like in front of my friends and acted like in front of my you know, family, but who like really was I? And around that time, I met these uh, mentors of mine that I'm still in business with today. And through a just randomness <laughs> mm-hmm. and they just started kind of pouring into me and they, they somehow saw more in me than I saw myself at that time and built me, built this confidence level that I'd never had before. And then we started a business together. They had already started a business, but I got involved with their business and they really just gave me a, gave me an opportunity that I could take what I had, which was hard work ethic and just kind of plug it into this system that they had been creating and could go out and, and have massive results in the business world. Uh, but that translated over into everything with this personal change, just really trying to become a better person. Like I, it changed from quite frankly, if I had kept on that path where I was, I would have, I mean, I was a jerk. Like I was, I had a big head. I was full of myself. Um, and just wasn't a great person. Like I wasn't a bad person, but I wasn't a great person. And, and so for the last few years, it's just been like, what is the, what if the goal was just to be an all time great human being? Like, what if the goal was when you're not around and they mention, Oh, Hey, Tyler Harris. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's, he's a, that's, he's just a good, like we were just talking about Jonathan Parker. Like, and I'm like, yeah, he's just a good dude. Like to be able to say that, um, about someone, you know, when you're not around is everything. And so, you know, now it's like three and a half years, you know, kind of later. Um, and I just, I know there's so many people that are in that same place I was that when, when you're in it, like in the middle of that struggle and that, and that pain, it's hard to really hear anything from anybody else. It's hard to really take advice from anybody else. And, and it's hard to come to that realization that it's all your fault and get yourself out of it. Um, but I just know on the other side of it that, I'm the husband I am today, the father I am today, the business person I am today, just the person I am because of those struggles that I went through. And had I not gone through them, I would not be experiencing any of the stuff that I am now. And so I'm grateful for those those terrible, painful years and things that happen. And for someone that's going through that right now to hear that, they're like, you know, okay, screw you. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like I'm in it. Um, but I'm just... I just want them to know that like what you're going through right now, like there is purpose in it. There is a reason because the blessing that's on the other side of it, like you can't receive it until you come become the person that can through what you're going through. And if you can realize that if there's some way and I can't, I haven't figured it out yet, but if there's some way to flip that switch to know that, okay, this sucks right now. Like what I'm going through right now is terrible, but there's a reason for it. And so like, how can I get through it by understanding that there's something coming, um, is just a big passion of mine right now. And it is just paying it forward. Like those guys coming into my life, like had they not, I don't know where I would be. And so if I can be that little fraction of that to somebody, whether it's through a video they see on Facebook or whether it's a Adam running on Instagram or whatever, it's a podcast that they happen to hear driving in the car. If I can be just a little, you know, spark that helps them through that time that's, I mean, for me, that's the ultimate ROI. Like all the stuff I do, all the extra, we talked about like all the extra, I, I 
don't monetize. Like I don't make any money off of it. I've made a commitment not to sell anything. Like the natural progression is okay. You know, get, do some mastermind and write some book and put somebody into your funnel to do this and this and that and that. And I'm just like for five years, at least I'm just going to put it out there Mm -hmm. and just know that by doing so good things will happen and uh, they'll become a better person. Well, for me, I mean, I like what you're saying because I'm a, you know, I'm not a transactional person. I'm a trans- exactly. I'm a transformational person. So transactions bore me. And if I see that you want to spend, like, it's okay for a while. You know, you start out, you have a little transaction, a little trans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, let's test each other out. But in the long run, though, if I have to stay in transaction, we're going to say goodbye. <laughs> and I can't do it. I just can't do it. Um and I, I don't think, you know, I used to think it was my age because I'm getting older, you know, but I'm like, no, I don't even think it's my age. I think it's what I think it's everything I thought I lacked when I was growing up as a kid. What I realized I didn't lack anything. Adversity is there to reveal who you truly are, not who you say you are. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Yep. So that's how you really find out. Like, that's where the rubber meets the road in life. And that's what I like what I, I'm, I'm hearing from you is that, first of all, I applaud you for your openness and your honesty about failure. Most people wouldn't admit that stuff. Hmm. But here's what I also, there's another guest. I've only had two, well, we've only had two guests, and this is the second one, <laughs> who has said something like this. There's a guy who said that he loves his ex-wife mm-hmm. that we interviewed. Absolutely. And you're like, I mean, you're like hitting the, like, I was like, I mean, it was one of those, cause mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't have any pre-conversation on this. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What, what did I hear you? And mm-hmm. I brought it up again. It's like, yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they realized that it was that, like, they figured out how to change their lives, you know, apart from each other, but yet stay together where they could and do the things they need to do when it came to the things they were responsible yeah. together for mm-hmm. co-parenting, whatever. Sure. I'm not saying that that's the celebration. I'm saying what I celebrate is that they're willing to not just let that be something that is this negative deficit of life. And what I'm hearing from you is like, you know, most people aren't going to tell people what you just said, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and how old, I mean, how old are you again? I'm sorry. 32. 32. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got married before, I'm, and I'm 32 now, and yeah. I already went through a divorce. Yeah, you know, and like, oh, yeah. and I feel like I'm a better husband. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So when was your last marriage? Like, there are people yeah. that could literally challenge that, but you can't let that occupy your mind. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Talk a little bit about how do you encourage others that are young? Yeah. Okay. Maybe in your, it, oh, it doesn't matter how old they are. I mean, young, old doesn't matter because it's the same problem, right? People are people, yeah. unfortunately, and we need to just get better. So how do you help people with that idea of don't let your the things that happen to you, don't let them define you, number one. But number two, knowing that you can make those decisions and you can move forward with possibility. That's the thing. Possibility doesn't leave you because you do something different. Mm. How do you help people with that and not be embarrassed to say what you just said? I heard someone on a interview a couple of weeks ago and they said in a different way. So you said the things that happened to you, they said the things that happened for, for you. you. I agree with that. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that was it. And so the, 
the way I would answer that question is by saying that everybody's got their stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. They've got my, one of my favorite quotes in the world that I heard was it was every successful person has a painful story. And I think I added this or maybe I took it from somewhere else and put it to it's this. Yours. But hey, this yeah, podcast, like that's how it works. Yeah, like, out, dude, there's it's some, yours now. There's You're something it. there's something where it's like, hey, so and so so and so always said, and then it's like, hey, I always said. And then it becomes like, hey, I, <laughs> I, I know what to say. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yours yeah. now, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's yours. Whatever so you say right now belongs to you. <laughs> so it's every successful person has a painful story. Will your will your painful story have a successful ending. Mm. And the reality is those that you haven't heard yet, it's not that they don't have, it's just they just they're still hiding. Mm-hmm. They just haven't put it out there yet. And and so that to me is so encouraging that we've all got our stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world I can help people experience these terrible things quicker and sooner and faster. Like that's it sounds weird, but mm-hmm. like I'm glad I experienced that in my 20s and not in my 50s. Like, I'm glad it didn't take me that long to experience it because who knows what I would have done over the next 30 years in between. Terrible, terrible stuff. Like, if you could project out in your mind, just think about it in your 50s, what do you think you would do if you knew that the things you were feeling in your 20s that were wrong, but you're in your 50s now and they're wrong? What do you think you'd be more likely to do in that situation? Same exact situation. It's, of, it becomes it becomes more difficult to change because it's just the way you've always been. Like it's just at that point you feel like I, what's the point? Yeah, that's just well, and, and you would have become that's just me. That's mm-hmm. me. Um, but man, like I'm, I don't know. Like I just wish there was like a course in college that you could give people called like reality check 101 and Tyler, just like bring it all thing, to dude, them. You're a graduate, <laughs> yeah. you're a graduate of Clemson, right? Can't you get on there and say, look, yeah. hey, I got this course I want to do. Yep. And we just sabotage everyone's lives for, <laughs> oh my for a few months and then just let them just go the, through what hell. Them what are they called? Ipte? Yeah. Ipte folks aren't going to be cool with that. No. Yeah. Like, I, I, I started taking this class and I, I lost a family member. I, my girlfriend will talk to me. And oh my, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome. Um, uh, but I, I think that's an interesting concept though, to think about, you know, yeah. how, how, how can you bring that to people? How can you, um, to people who are in their twenties or young professionals, how can you showcase some of these things to say, Hey, especially I feel like with the level of entitlement that people have, I mean, it is so difficult for people to take ownership of mm-hmm. their own lives. Yeah. So how do you relay that to someone? I mean, how do you teach the younger generation or even those people who maybe are in their 40s or 50s? Like, there's still time. You still have 20, 30, maybe even 40 more years on this earth. Mm-hmm. There's still time to change. Your life isn't over yet. So how do you encourage people to do that? It's tough, number one. Like, to me, there's a big difference between motivation and inspiration because motivation, which is what people are always going to, like, that's just external. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, it may be like a little moment where you have a lull in the day and you need to get motivated to go do what you know you're supposed to do. But the inspiration comes from within. Was it in spirit? Is that where that comes from? It's yeah. like, from, <laughs> is that what you're, that means? You're, you're like, yeah, I'm excited <laughs> like, now because, like, like, yeah, I speak to inspiration. Yeah. yeah. I'm an aspirational speaker. People come to me and go, hey, Tim, I heard you're a motivational speaker. And I mm-hmm. go, Oh, no, 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 no. I can show you my motivation, but I'm not going to spend my time trying to motivate you. Yeah. How about this? I'll speak to your aspirations inspirationally and in spirit. That's what I'll do. But you're, no, you're right on. Yeah. You're making me smile over there. (laughs) And my beard's not big enough to hide it. (laughs) It's getting there though. It's growing. (laughs) But yeah, what I, I realized that the difference, that dynamic 
by telling that story about those mentors that came into my life, because I kept using, I don't know where I even got this phrase from, but I kept using this phrase that they breathed life into me or they breathed confidence into me. And I don't even know if that's the right tense, like breathed or breath. <laughs> like, yeah. no, but like, sense. but I kept talking about how they breathed it into me, into me, into me. And I was yeah. like, it's like, huh. I was like, well, what were they able to do? for me during that time, that wasn't just external motivation. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's go out and crush it. Let's right. go out and, you know, make a bunch of sales and make a bunch of money. It was more like getting to know me as a human being mm-hmm. and like, and like, a, I mean, these guys are like brothers to me now. So like it was, but it felt like that instantly, like it was almost this like family uh, dynamic. And I think, so to, to go with your question, vulnerability, luckily I I feel is making this comeback or maybe it's never been around, but I feel like it's coming out Mm -hmm. as a form of strength recently. Um, There's some books like The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Howes and a couple other things. Like I I love this real, recognized real, like people want to connect with real people. And I think the only way to do that is, is by being vulnerable and by being transparent. And I think if people realize how much strength there is in sharing the good, bad, and the ugly, that they would realize like that's the only way you can build strong relationships. And at the end of the day, like relationships are all that matter. That's what I'm, I mean, just like in the last year, I've, I, I am so focused on just building super, super strong relationships with people uh, that I want to do life with long term that I just generally enjoy being around. Mm-hmm. But it's the relationship in that, like the people you share your struggles with, not the people you share all your successes with. It's like those relationships. And so I think it's just being able to be vulnerable, like telling someone that like, hey, like I know you are Superman. Like I know you want to take on the world and you think you're invincible. But do you realize that by sharing your insecurities and by sharing what pain you've been through that it will make you more invincible on the other end. Um, for me, that's, it's just so huge. And that's what people resonate with. That's how I think you tap into that inspiration side is by saying part of your story that was difficult and it pulls the heartstrings on somebody else that's dealt with something to some degree similar to that. And I, I dealt with this, (laughs) it's almost, seems so silly even as I'm thinking of it right now, but this, like my struggles weren't big enough type complex. Like when you hear these stories that people, the people that do tell them are usually really crazy stories. Like I did a podcast, I heard this guy talk and he's like, you know, when I was born, my wife, uh, my wife, I was born with like no eyes. Yeah. No I mean, ears. he literally, like so yeah, it's like, his backstory yeah. was literally my mom was a drug addict and prostitute. When yeah. she had me, I grew up in the streets. I grew up in cars. Yeah. I was arrested 18 times before my 18th birthday. I did two years in prison and then I got clean and this happened. It's almost, how do you compete with that? To me, it's like directly proportionate. The the size of the struggle is how far you go. Like if you're right. able to make that transformation. Right. And so I, I kind of even looked at my story and I was like, well, it's not that bad. And like, is it really going to even help? But it does. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, and, and I, people have this, like, who am I? Like, who am I to talk and try to inspire someone? Who am I to try to, you know, get somebody to their next level? But we've all got it because there's people out there that they need. I just flee from negativity. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be that positive. Like people just need to be surrounded in positivity. Like I I don't even, I don't watch the news. My wife makes fun of me about it because she's like, you need to know what's going around in the world. And like when things go on, they're like, Hey, did you hear about that crazy, you know, nuclear or whatever? I'm like, 
no idea. No clue. <laughs> like I just, cause it's just all negative. Like I just mm-hmm. don't pay attention to it. I, I, I'm cognizant of like any type of negative energy. I just run from it. Um, but I think that's, that's key. Just being vulnerable and transparent and being real with people. You know, one of the things that you said was, um, just, it's weird that our comparisons, like, you know, they say keeping up with the Joneses, right? Mm. Like a lot of times that's what we're trying to do. Like a lot of the things that we're doing, we're trying to impress other people. We're trying to give people some sort of illustration that everything we have going on for us is great. And inside we can be in turmoil. Mm. And we're not happy with it. Then you feel like you maybe you're on your own because you're the only one doing it. You're the only one investing in trying to change it. Or you may have some sort of partial cooperation, <laughs> but it's not advancing anything. It's still two oxen that are yoked together, and one is still dragging the other. And eventually, one's gonna, the other one's going to collapse, yeah. right? Yeah. I used to go to Central America, and I'll never forget when I went, and this guy, his name was Luis Aragon. And um, I would go there, and they would fix cleft palates and work with like dysentery, which unfortunately I did get, <laughs> uh, which was not a fun thing. I'd never recommend it. <laughs> and, <laughs> dysentery, this reminds me of like the yeah. Oregon Trail. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> so, but I'll never forget when we were down there and Luis said to me, he was from Nicaragua, you know, he was Nicaraguan. And, um, and he, you know, we did a lot of work there and, and I was one of the people because I'm multilingual and I would speak to these people and stuff. This is what he would tell me. He said, Tim, don't tell them many things about you. Don't tell them about the struggles that you have because they can't identify with them because it looks nothing like theirs. <laughs> yeah. Third world country, you know, they, they deal with war, all these different things that I don't know anything about and they don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. They said, here's what you do. Tell them the story of this, that you're a person that's showing up there because you love them. Because that's what they would ask. You know, yeah. why are you here? Why did you come from America to Bluefields, Nicaragua, or or Playa Grande, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's like a big beach, and there's no water there. <laughs> okay, do you understand what I mean? Like, there's no, <laughs> but it's called Playa Grande. Wow. And you're there, and they're like, why are you here? And he would always say to me, Tim, always let them know, you're there because of this thing that you love them. And the story you want to tell them is that that's why you're here. <laughs> not what you've been through, mm-hmm. not what you survived, which you said a minute ago, like, you know, you think, well, because of this, all this story, you get this type of outcome. Mm. I would see more response from me just saying that of them wanting to connect and talk and improve their lives. than if I told them all the things that were wrong in my life, because they're trying to do a comparison and they really can't because they're not the same, (laughs) you know? And I love that story you just gave. I mean, that's just so powerful because we need to understand that that's okay for us to have our journey and have our, you know, have our way to where we're going. But the thing that I think is the the separation part, and I would love for you to talk about this, is the change part. Boldness. I don't know. Is it courage to you? Bravery? Um, is it, I don't know, blindfolded and just, <laughs> you know, like get on the bike and ride down the hill? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. In your mind, how do you see that to 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 do to take the step? Because there are people that are listening. They're going, "I need something drastic to change." How, you're we're not saying you're the this expert, 
We're asking for your experience, where you are and how you're showing up with it and how you help others with it. How do you help them with that? I need something. I need to make a change. I think the easiest thing that you can do as step one is just change what you're allowing to come into your life. Change this. If you change the people, I love like a practical thing, like with your circle of friends. If you can just take the most negative person in that group, eliminate them and, and put one positive person in place of them, the difference that will make over a short period of time is insane. But to take that a step further, if you can try to just eliminate all the negative things that are around you, and I know that's, that's impossible, especially if someone's in a bad, really bad situation, but they can start bringing more positive stuff in, whether it's reading books, whether it's listening to podcasts like this, whether it's watching YouTube videos. Like if you've got access to the internet, you've got access to any mentor you ever wanted on the, on this planet. And for me, that was part of my deal. So I, I'm on the road a lot and I just started listening to podcasts and uh, audio books and it's not safe, but I would watch videos while I was driving <laughs> what? because I'm so visual. <laughs> what is okay. even listening? <laughs> this is that's the you should not after you said that you should not you should not watch videos while you're driving. You're not, and you're we, nobody. So any insurance company that's listening, this is not really Tyler Harris. It's not. No. If you insure him or his clients, none of his clients, or none of his clients. (laughs) But I would even if you just put the video on YouTube and you just listen, just listen to it. That's all you because there's stuff on YouTube that's not on. Or later when you park and you're in Denny's eating or something, absolutely, or (laughs) way safer. That's when you watch it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you were saying, right? Absolutely. And and TJ that's following us around with the camera right now, he he's living with me like twenty four seven in the car, so he doesn't let me use my phone anymore, and it's driving me. Thank you, TJ. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. So I live long. So thankful for him. Yeah. So TJ, thankful. can we? You want to ride with me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I do some sketchy things. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's. I think it's different for every person, but to me, it's figuring out what your purpose is, mm-hmm. um, and that's. God, that's such a difficult thing. And, and even saying that, as I say it, I'm like, well, that's it's, it's so tough. But I think there's something that I've, I learned recently at a uh, ownership mastermind that I went to up in Newark about a month and a half ago. And it was Eric Thomas. It was actually, was it CJ or Eric Thomas that said it? Which one? About the, your gifts. That's CJ. Yeah, so CJ, there's this guy, CJ. He's like the back end of Eric, all of Eric Thomas's business stuff, ET, the hip hop preacher, um, all of his stuff behind the scenes, CJ controls all of his business and, and does a lot of his stuff. And he has zero, he doesn't have a single social media account, but he's the most unbelievable dude I've ever heard speak. And he said, how many of you are out there chasing hustle? It's like, are you chasing hustle or are you chasing? And I was like, passion, you know, thinking that's what it's going to be, or like purpose, you think that that would obviously be what it'd be. But he said, are you chasing hustle or are you chasing your gifts? Hmm. And I was like, huh, like that's interesting because passion is going to go up and down. You can become passionate about something and you can certainly lose passion in something, but your gifts are your gifts. They like, stay with you. Yeah. And, and God doesn't, like even biblically, that's what it says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gifts and the call, God's exactly. not apologizing. He does not repent for giving them to you. Yeah. Like literally that's biblical. Yeah. Like as a believer, and that's what I understand. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of people try to chase after, like what you said, yep. a passion to feel something. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's the gifts that actually let the passion actually thrive. Mm-hmm. And so many You're are right. trying to chase passion. And that's what I was trying yep. to do. I was like, what am I really passionate about? Because like I sell life insurance. It's not my I'm good at it, mm-hmm. but it's not my passion. Like right. nobody, it's nobody's passion to sell life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. But it's because I worked really hard at it. But I kept on like, well, what am I really passionate about? What am I really passionate about? Well, if you find out what you're passionate about, then you know, you'll never work a day in your life, like all that craziness. <laughs> but I'm like, well, what am I actually gifted at? So like if you think of gifts, it's like, you know, what are the things that you can do easily that everyone's like, How are you doing that? Or like, what are the things that you could do all day long and not even realize, you know, that you've been sitting in that room for 18 hours, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And so that's what for me, like with this daily vlog that I have now and the creative side of that and, and really, um, putting this crazy life that I have into this consumable, digestible form of 10 to 15 minutes and the putting the music to it. Like you're uh, like, I'm a big musical guy, but I've never used that at all. Like I played the piano growing up and I've always been like a big music person, but I've never done anything with it. It's like, it's never been a part of like any business, but being able to now kind of take that part of it and like all these other creative, just, I'm a creative person. Like I realized like that's my gift is the creative side. And so now I'm able to use those gifts to do what I was already kind of doing to then go and, and reach out, um, and, and touch people. But I mean, if you're trying to chase passion, I don't know if you'll ever find it. Um, it's, it's a very difficult, um, dynamic there, but chasing after your gifts, like if you can figure out what you're actually gifted at and just try to make that the full focus of every single day is creating an infrastructure around what you're supposed to be doing, then that's how you ultimately, that's how you, that's how you win. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole idea of focusing on those gifts and surrounding yourself with positive people, positive energy, taking out those things that are draining you. And really, it all kind of comes back to this idea of when you get up in the morning, what's your choice going to be today? What are you going to choose today? Mm. Are you going to choose to live in the negativity or in all these things that have happened to me? Or are you going to choose to do something different? Are you going to choose to make a shift? Are you going to choose to talk to yourself and figure out where you are today. Mm. And that's not to say that you can't have bad, I mean, you can have a bad day. You can know who you are and you can have a bad day. You can have a bad week. But I think that even in the midst of that, what is your choice going to be and how are you going to change it? Um, One thing that I am just curious about, I think um, our listeners would like to hear is, going through all of these things and experiencing what you've experienced and looking back now and having um, maybe this great positive energy and you can just tell that you're loving what you're doing. Um, What advice would you give to your younger self or really to any, any, anyone in the younger generation that's coming up? I hate that it sounds so cliche, but it's just the truth that patience, that patience is key. I think, Early on, like I was so caught up in this, like, I got to be successful, got to be successful, got to be successful. And, and, and all this change happened for me right around, you know, my 30th birthday. And I had this idea, you know, of where I would be at 30 mm-hmm. and it wasn't where I was by any means. And it created that kind of this anxiety uh, for me a little bit. And what I think 
happens often in those situations is you feel like you're trying to play catch up. And I think there's so many people that are listening that are, they're a little behind in life. At least they think they're a little behind in life and they're trying to play catch up. And what happens when you try to play catch up is you start experimenting with things that you shouldn't. You, you try this opportunity that you wouldn't normally try, but you're desperate. Like I gotta, I gotta turn things around. I gotta, I gotta get back to where I'm going. And so you try other things you shouldn't, you, you just, this desperation. And I I talked about it yesterday on the vlog, this desperation that you may not be able to feel it externally, but the person sitting across from you can feel it every time. Like Mm -hmm. they know when you're desperate and having patience of knowing that whether you're 80 years old, 60 years old, or 20 years old, it doesn't matter. You've got plenty of time and things can happen quick, but it's almost funny to me that by having patience meaning being able to think long-term, it shortens the timeline to me. It's, it's so, it's so strange. Like by having patience, things happen quicker for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I think it's just that mindset, like being willing to play the long game enables you to succeed in the short game. Like that, it seems like it's opposite of what it should be. Um, and the frustrating thing about that as far as patience is it's something like if you pray for patience, God doesn't give you patience. He gives you opportunities to be patient. It's like love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, help me love people more. You get the worst people in the world yeah. to show up like at your house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like one of those, yeah. like, it feels like a catch 22. Like <laughs> you're like, I, I'm praying for patience, but like I'm getting stuck in these situations that are so difficult. And they're like, yeah, cause he's teaching you how to yeah, be, that's be how patient. You <laughs> you gotta go through this process. Yeah. yeah. But patience, I think that would be, that would be the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, cause we kind of, I mean, this has been cool because I like, it. it's very organic, you know? Yeah. So if there, if you, if you were to say right now, what you want to focus on daily, what's, what's, what, what is it that you want to do to bring the greatest impact in your life into the world? Like, like if, if it's like today, if it's what you're doing currently, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I know you brought up insurance. It's like yeah. the way you pay the bills, yep. right? But if you could say, this is what I want to be doing right now, what would that be? It's It really is what I'm doing right now because it's the extra stuff I'm doing right now. So for me, the extra stuff is all this social media and content documenting my life and having someone now following me around with a camera and putting all this stuff out there that is a positive message, but it's a transparent and vulnerable message. Like I talk about the bad days and about, I mean, there's been times I do a lot of Facebook live stuff and Instagram live because with with something that's live, like it's fully transparent. Like you can only fake it for so long. Mm -hmm. So I mean, there's been Facebook lives where I've been in my car at one in the morning, like in tears because I was just missing home. Like I'd been on the road for like 11 days. I have a 17 month old baby and I was just tired and exhausted. And I'm like, why am I walking into this hotel right now? And I'm on Facebook live, like having those like moments and sharing these experiences with people. And when I started that journey of documenting my life on social media, it was January 11th of last year. It was crazy. And my wife was mortified. She was like the first post. <laughs> did you I, tell her first? She, no, she just saw it. Like I just, I just did the first okay, post. There's, okay. Those of you listening, try to start with telling her first yes. or him first or whoever. First. Patience and communication. Those are yeah. the two keys. Uh, yeah. But she saw like, so, the, hey, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She saw like the first post and, and 
she just called me. She's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, what, like, why would you, why would you post that? And, and, you're like, and, I didn't tell you. and some of the stuff early on, like it, it, it was like about income, like going from here to here. Oh my God. And she's just very, very humble. I like didn't want her friends to see that. And like, it's just weird felt things. So she was like, not, not into it. And I was like, I need you to just trust me for six months. <laughs> you know, I would never do anything that would put right, purposely cool. Cool. hurt our family. I need you to trust me. I, I feel like I kind of know what I'm trying to do here. And just, you may want to unfriend me or like unfollow me, but just give me a little yeah, while. Don't move out. We can't just be like, Facebook yeah. friends anymore. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. more. Yeah. You can live in the house with me because yeah. I think we're cool, right? I'll, I'm like, I'll quit, cool I'll quit tagging yeah. you in every post yeah. and then we won't see them. But, uh, but it was like maybe like two, three months in to documenting every single day where I'd get a message and the message would be like a life-changing message from someone that was like, hey, I heard this random Facebook Live you did the other night, and and it hit me. And like I called my dad and had this conversation. Or, you know, I I implemented this part of that and it's made this huge difference. Or like literally there were people that I don't even really talk about health and fitness stuff. There was a guy that was like, I saw you prepping your meals for the week. And I started prepping my meals and I'm off insulin now. It was like four months later. It's like, I'm off insulin now. I don't have diabetes anymore. And I'm like, wow. So every time I started getting these little messages, I would sc- I'd take screenshots and I'd text every single one of them to my wife. I'm like, see, this is why I'm doing this. Why I'm doing this. <laughs> and I would just save them on my phone because I'd like to look at them. Well, now there's like hundreds of those. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what fires me up. Like, that's what gets me, you know, when I wake up in the morning in a full sprint, like it's for that. It's like the legacy, like the being able to help somebody else and being, being able to be a little part in their story. And that's why over the last year documenting everything and now taking it a whole nother level with this level of documentation with a camera person following me around is just trying to increase more and more. Mm -hmm. It's, it's almost like you're addicted to helping, addicted to seeing people perform better or be happier or, come to the realization of, you know, what they're doing is not right or, or what they should be doing or like any little things like that. Like I, we had this episode in the vlog Tuesday, this lady drove two and a half hours from Alabama to meet up with me in Georgia, just to talk about this substance abuse uh, rehabilitation organizations that she's, that she's trying to start and just needed some help with some things. And, and I sat down with her for an hour and a half and like, I have no vested interest in her, the business, any of that. I don't know. I'd never met her. She just randomly had liked my page at some point last year and randomly started liking and commenting on things and just sent me this message asking if I would meet with her. It was the most incredible conversation of my entire life. And we document and we had it all on film. Like mm-hmm. now it's like I'm able to document that and and then have it 24 hours later come out on this episode of the the daily vlog and to be able to like the message that she sent me, I'll actually dig it up real quick. She just sent me a message. Um earlier so she's yeah i got it she sent me this message this morning she said i realize it's pretty late but i need to tell you how much of an impact you have had on my life you definitely added to the fire inside of me you had another another level of confidence and ideas i am so blessed to have met and connected with you i'm introducing you to people every day i believe the value that you offered everybody should everybody should have a piece of I counted the number of people from my profile that started following you since the airing of episode eight. I am impressed. I believe in what you are doing. Thanks again. And my heart is very grateful. And like 
being able to have that episode go out that was 100% focused on giving a spotlight on what she was trying to do and trying to maybe find somebody that could help her connections and taking it completely away from me. Cause I'm like, I'm like, I don't want this. This isn't about me. Like this was about her and to be able to do that was, it was just like this solidifying the kind of full circle from the first post on January 11th of 2017 to like, it was Mm -hmm. almost to the date a year later and to be able to have like a real conversation with someone that just randomly saw a Facebook ad that I'm paying to run and have zero ROI when it comes Mm -hmm. monetarily. But I had this ROI when it comes to value and impact, that's just way, way, way more important. So that's, well, that goes back to transformations Mm -hmm. in the transaction. Like like, there's no trans and, but like with me and her, like there's no transaction, none. And because I've turned that switch off, I don't even think about it. Like, it's not even on the table for there to be right. any transaction. And to me, I think I can be so much more honest mm-hmm. and real and not worrying about, is she getting a good return on her investment in me? Yeah. It's kind of like if pollen flies through the air <laughs> where it lands, it's not like they negotiated before it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Pollen shows up. Exactly. And that's how you get a new flower. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Something it. Brand new happens. <laughs> so what's the best way to get in touch with you? Like if you were to say, this is where I want you guys to meet me. So Facebook and Instagram, it's at Tyler Harris page. And I respond to every single message. Uh, this weekend I responded to all of my pending messages from the last week or two. And it took me like four hours. And what I realized was that when I do that, that that just means they send more messages back and it multiplied. But <laughs> Well, I sent you those cat videos. And you- <laughs> yeah, that's not kidding. true. That's not true. I would have no, said that. No, I'm just kidding. Cat videos. No, it's, just, it's just hilarious because there's a guy, Chris Brogan, who always says, like, that's his thing. He's yeah. Like, so people just like spend hours watching cat videos. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. And anyone listening, if you like cat videos, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm just totally. like, I can't stand cats. <laughs> Tyler, really Tyler doesn't like them. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much again, um, Tyler, for joining us today in the studio, and, and TJ, and TJ for um, capturing it uh, on film. Um, we just really enjoyed the time with you. I know that our listeners are going to enjoy it. So once again, you have been listening to UCYP Uphill Conversations for Young Professionals, where we have three main goals in mind. One is to elevate the voices of young professionals. Two, to build a bridge between generations, those ahead and those coming up behind. And last, but definitely not least, inspiring young professionals to lead. Lead.